Amen? Everybody awake? Praise God. So I want to talk to you this morning just for a little bit on a, it's more than a routine. Um, So how hungry are you guys when you come to church for God? How hungry are you? Do you have a passion, a desire, a drive that's driving you to come here, to be here, to seek God's uh, anointing in your life, that, that relationship with him? that you're hungry for him. Lord, I want more of you. I want to see you do things in my life. I want to see you touch my life, my family, that you have a hunger, you have a drive to see God do something in your life. Or are you coming, guys, and it's becoming a spiritual, religious routine? Just going through the motions, a routine of being a Christian, guys. See, a routine is defined as a regular way of doing something, a boring state, a situation where these things are always done the same way. See, guys, we all have routines. When I get up in the morning, I get coffee. I go in and I, I feed my dogs a treat and, and I pray over it because they're my puppy dogs and I don't want them getting sick. You know, Lord, touch them in Jesus' name. And then I'll go sit down and drink my coffee. My wife gets up and she'll go in and get her coffee. She'll do her devotionals and uh, she'll watch the news. Sometimes she'll bug me. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's routines. We all have routines, guys. So what's your routine this morning, guys? What's your daily routine of getting closer to God? See, what's your routine that you have that's making you closer to him, that's drawing you closer to him, that makes you look more like Christ and not like the world, guys? Are your routines leading you closer to the Lord or taking you further away? See, a lot of people have routines, and they're faithful at them. There's people that get up in the morning, and they do bike rides. They go to the gym. Uh, they meet at Starbucks for coffee. Uh, they play golf on Tuesdays or Saturdays. They watch The Bachelor on Monday night. You know, uh, they always have these routines, guys. And even uh, people that go to church have routines. They go to church, they go to prayer, they go to Bible studies, but none of these things, guys, by themselves will draw you closer to God. It's that relationship with the Holy Spirit that draws us closer. It keeps it from being just a routine, a religious thing that we do. Anything that we do in church and in ministry done continually, void of the Spirit, will lead to just a routine, guys. It's got to be more than a routine. Our relationship with Christ has got to be more than just coming to church, clapping our hands, you know, uh, sh- uh, shaking someone's hands, uh, being in a prayer meeting. It's got to have relationship. It's got to have the Spirit in it to be- become more than just a routine. We have to have the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, guys. Routines in themselves, they don't make us closer to God, uh, to God. It's our pursuit of our relationship with God, going after him, guys. Jesus said this in Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we do not do many deeds of power in your name? And then the Lord says this, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. They were doing things. They were in church. They were doing things of power. Guys, but Jesus said, I never knew you, showing that there was no relationship there. We can come to church. We can get involved in things. But is it a routine or do you have relationship with Christ, guys? It's got to be more than a routine. Guys, Christianity can be summed up in one word, relationship. When we go to church, it's got to be more than routines. It's got to be a relationship, guys. It's got to be more than a a Bible study. It's got to be more than just a a prayer meeting, guys. You've got to have a relationship with the Spirit, that you're in love with Him, that you're coming to meet with Him, that you have a desire, you have purpose, you have passion for your relationship with God. It's not just a religious routine. 
When we try to fit God in our lives, guys, and we don't make it in the center of our routine, guys, things fall apart. Going to church don't make you like Jesus, guys. Attending Bible studies don't make you like Jesus. It's about application, applying the things of the Spirit to our lives, guys. James says this in, in, in 1 James 22. It says, put, he puts it this way. Be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, guys. So when we come in here, guys, we just can't be hearers. We've got to apply the word to our lives. We must apply the word of God to our lives, guys, to make it more than a routine. See, a lot of people heard the words of Jesus, but wasn't willing to apply the words of Jesus to their life. Their words didn't fit their lifestyle, their routine. It kind of reminds me of in the, in the 80s when spandex was popular. People wear these things like as formal wear, right? And let me tell you, if you're of the large descent, no one should ever, 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 ever wear spandex. It's just, it's wrong. It's like trying to stretch skinny jeans over a boat or something other. It was just wrong, you know? Um, you know, Disneyland, they got these, these uh, signs that says you got to be this tall to ride these rides. They should have been signs on spandex. You need to be this size to wear these or you're going to go to jail, they don't fit. And see, guys, a lot of people, we try to fit God into our routines. And God's not going to fit in your routine. God has to be first. He's not second. He has to be number one in our lives. We can't try to force him in and fit him around our routines. He's got to be the center. If he doesn't, guys, it becomes just a religious routine of coming to church. Christ has got to be the center of our lives. Has to be the center. When we try to fit God in our lives, it doesn't work. God doesn't fit into our box, guys. Jesus warns of religious routines. In Matthew 6, he says this, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask them. See, guys, when we start coming to church and we start doing things in a routine and just asking them over and over again, we're getting in that, that routine of religion. It's not relationship no more. And God died for us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be in relationship. We have to have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our relationship with Christ, it can't become routine, guys. Just going through the motions. If we want to experience the passion of Christ, the love of Christ in our lives, that love of God that draws you, that pulls you, that calls your name in the midnight hour, that speaks to you and says, hey, I want to spend time with you. I want a fellowship with you. That's not routine religion, guys. That's a relationship with Christ that we all need, that we need to have the desire to have in our lives. We have to be genuine, guys. We have to be real in our routines, not a put on. We can't go through a religious uh, routine and expect God to touch our lives, touch our families, touch our homes, uh, touch the things that we need a touch in, guys. It has to be more than a routine. Anytime we do a ministry void of the Spirit, it becomes a religious routine. We have to have contact with the Spirit. We have to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Work on a relationship with Christ. It's not just coming to church, but it's working on your relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with God's got to be more than routine, guys. Our prayers, our devotions, our coming to church. It has to be more than that. It has to be more than a routine. Everything we do for God, guys, should be done out of a, a spirit of thanksgiving, not out of obligation, not out of routine. When I come to church, I, I come to church now, and it's not because I have to, like my father used to say all the time. It's because I get to, because God's done so much for me. He's been good to me. He's blessed me. 
He's blessed me with a wife. He's blessed me with a home. You know, he's blessed me with a good job. He's been good to me. If I was out on the street tomorrow begging, I could never say God hasn't been good to me because he's been good to me. And we have to have that spirit of thanksgiving, guys. A prayer with thanksgiving. See, religion speaks obligation. Christianity speaks relationship, guys. Daniel 6.10 says this. Daniel had a routine of praying three times a day. Three times a day he got out on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God just as he did before. See, Daniel prayed thanksgivings in his trials. Daniel was a captive. He was in a foreign country. He was a servant. But yet he prayed. He prayed continually. To the point he was willing even to go be put in the lion's den for his prayer with God because it wasn't a routine with Daniel. It was relationship. It was communion with God. He had a personal relationship, guys. It has to be more than a routine, guys. It has to be more. Daniel, it was more with him. What causes our Christian lives, guys, to become a routine? Let me grab this real quick. The number one thing I got right here is a lack of vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. The word vision right there, it speaks to God's word. See, the Old Testament was closed. The word came through the prophet. And if you weren't close to a prophet where you could could be around one, you didn't hear the word of God. So you didn't know how to live your life or how to live according to God's word. But today we live under the open Bible. Second Peter says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is a private interpretation. That means God will speak to you now. It means he'll speak to you through his word. His spirit will speak to you. You don't have to look to a preacher or, or go to a prophet or anything like that. If you're hungry for God, you can come. God will speak to you. He will reveal his plans, his purpose for your life. And with that, guys, that means there's no excuses then for living a life that's a boring Christianity. It's a a boring routine of religion where you come and you do the same things over and over again with no power of the Spirit because God will talk to His people. God will speak with you. The number two thing, guys, is it's the lack of expectations. Acts says this. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And where he was put there every day, it was a routine. Every day he went to the gate called Beautiful to beg for those going into the temple. See, this was his routine, guys. He had no expectations other than maybe getting a few pieces of silver or whatever they would have. That was his expectation. When we come to church, guys, what's your expectation? Do you come here expecting anything from God? Do you come here expecting the same thing? We're going to sing one or two songs, three songs, hear a word, go back out and do the week over again. Are you are coming to, to meet with God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, knowing that he's got a plan, a purpose, something for your life? Are you hungry for God? Is it more? Do you have expectations? Are you just going to be like a beggar looking for crumbs at the altar? God's got something for you great. He loves you. He's got a purpose, a plan for your life. We got to come into God's house with expectation. I'm meeting with God today. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He loves me. He wants to touch my life. I don't have to settle for routine religion. No expectations for our Christian life, guys, and we will live a life of routine. But see, John and Peter had something better for him. They didn't have gold or silver, but they touched him and they gave him what he needed. He t- they touched him and the Lord healed the man, gave him his life back. The third thing, guys, is the lack of hunger. Proverbs put this way, and I don't usually use the Message Bible, but I thought this was kind of cool. It says, lazy people finally die of hunger, 
because they won't get up and go to work. And so when I was thinking about that in the spirit, guys, there's a lot of people that come into church. They give their heart to God at an altar, and then they go back out and they settle. And they don't push, they don't drive to deepen their relationship with the Lord. And they spiritually starve to death in the seats where they're sitting because they're not willing to dig into what God has for them, guys. You have to have a hunger for God. Don't settle for routine, a relationship, routine Christianity. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to touch your life. He wants to use you to touch someone else's life. He wants to touch your children, your family, people around you. Thank you, Lord. What causes our Christian life, guys, to be more than routine? Number one is sacrifice. The giving of ourselves. Laying down some things in our life. Offering to the Lord upon his altar. Giving our gifts. Giving our talents. Laying down some things that keep us in a place of a routine religion, guys. Romans says this in 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. I'm to present my body as a living sacrifice. That means there's some things I'm going to have to lay down in my life that I'm going to have to turn over to the Lord if I want to grow in God and grow in my relationship and not go through the routine of religion, routine of coming to church, that I want something more than that in my life. I'm going to have to present my body. I'm going to have to work on my body as a living sacrifice, guys. See, guys, where there's no sacrifice in your relationship, God, your, your, your Christianity becomes routine. 1 Kings 8 and 30 tells the story of Elijah the prophet and how there's a bunch of stuff going on in, in the religious time of that, of that area that the uh, people were falling away from God and all the prophets were killed. And so Elijah sets up this duel between the uh, 450 prophets of Baal and, and God. And whoever's fire came down and consumed the sacrifice was going to be known as uh, God. Well, God's, he comes down and consumes the fire. But I want you to look at something right here. In verse 30, uh, Elijah says this. He says, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altars of the Lord that was broken down. Guys, what are the altars in your life look like? What shape are the altars in your life? Are they in need of repair? That you can't go to God. You can't offer sacrifices because you've let the things of the world come in and tear up your altar in your life. Come into your homes. Come into your relationships and tear down the altars. We need to rebuild the altars in our life, guys. He repaired the altars. And then he says here in verse uh, 33 that he put the wood in order and he cut the bulls in pieces and he laid them on the wood. In other words, guys, he put things in order. He had a priority. He put things in priority in his life, guys. There's, there's going to be, we got to put things in our life in priority, guys, and put them in order that we can lay them before the Lord on his altar. If we want to grow, we just don't want us to be in a spot of doing religious routines. We got to put the things in our life in order. And he says, at a time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Is there an appointed time, guys, in your life where you, you meet with God? daily. And it's not just a, a religious prayer, but you spend time with God at his altar and because you're, you're working, you're rebuilding your altars, you're putting your priorities right because you want something from God more than a religious routine. Yeah. 
I want more from God than a religious routine of just coming to church, clapping my hands and singing some songs and going home. I want the God, the God of this universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one that died on the cross. I want relationship, fellowship, that when he speaks, I hear his voice and he knows my name. We have to repair the altars, guys, in our lives. We have to put things in order and have that time of prayer. Our relationship, guys, without Christ, it's, it's just a routine. If Christ is not involved, if the Spirit's not involved. See, the fire didn't fall because Elijah was a prophet. The fire fell because he established an altar, guys. The fire fell because Elijah had his priorities in order. The fire fell, guys, because he had a constant time of meeting with God in his life. It has to be more than a routine. It was more than a routine with Elijah. Or Elijah. If we desire, guys, more than a routine, a religious experience, we have to be willing to sacrifice some things in our lives to get closer to God. See, where there's no sacrifice, guys, there's no presence of God. Where there's no sacrifice, there's no power of God. And where there's no sacrifice, there's no fire of God to fall and consume your sacrifice. Have passion for guys. Have passion for God. Go after God. Have a hungry heart. Thirst for him. Hunger for him. Seek for him. Have drive for him that you want to be close to him, that you want to hear his his heart beat in his chest. You want to smell his breath. You want to feel his touch, guys. Have a heart, a hunger for God when you come to church, that you're not coming just for a religious routine that doesn't get anything done in our lives, that we have to hunger for God, the passion of God, to have that touch in our lives, guys. See, because our relationships will fall apart, guys, if we just let them become routine and grow cold. See, a lot of, a lot of relationships fall apart because there's no passion. They let them grow cold. Passion will keep you out of the routine of just going through the motions. Marriages that have to have passion, or they'll fall apart. They'll grow cold. Me and my wife, Jennifer, we, uh, we're older now, and so you don't have the passion like you did when you were younger. And uh, so we do things to kind of keep us together. And because the world will naturally, guys, let me tell you something. If you're married and you're not married, this is free. The world will naturally try to pull you apart. Yes. It's like two canoes in a river. The current will try to separate you. Yes. So you have to do things to stay together, to stay close. And it's the same thing in our relationship. So, you know, we hike a lot. We go to Yosemite. And there was this one time we were at Yosemite. And uh, it was getting dark, and you know my wife's got this bear phobia. So, uh, so she starts already in on me, man. The sun's not even down yet, and she's all complaining that the bears are going to get her. And so the only way to get to this path to get us back to where we need to go is across this river, this stream. And so she goes, you go first. So I said, all right. So we hop in, and we're going across, and it starts out real, real thin. And the time I got about the middle, which is about as wide as this room here, I got up to right about here. That water was so cold. It felt like it was like 60 degrees below zero, and I couldn't even say anything. I felt like my toes were going to break off, and so I finally get out to the other side, and I sit down, and she's all, is it okay? Can I come? And, and I couldn't even say, say anything, so she started coming. So about halfway across, it hits her how cold this water is. And so I started hearing all these animal voices, all these, all these gurgles and all this coming out of her. And she was just like raising her hand at me and, and saying some few things. And uh, she wasn't very spiritual that day, guys. And, uh, and I think when she got out, she, she socked me and stuff. And, uh, but we got home and we were safe. But the tent was cold that night, let me tell you. Um, so... 
So there's nothing like cold water to put the passion back in your relationship. Let me tell you, Jesus had passion for you and me, guys, to the point that he was willing to go to the cross and die for you and me. He had passion. It drove him to the point he, he was a sacrifice for you and me. We have to have passion for Christ, guys. Our passion and our relationship with the Lord will keep us from having a routine, religious experience, a relationship. Christ had passion for you and me. Acts 1 and 3 says this, to whom also he sowed himself alive after his passion. And that word passion right there is referring to Christ's suffering. If you have a routine, guys, if you're willing to suffer for a relationship, you have more than a routine. Christ had more than a routine for you and me. He was willing to suffer. He went to the cross for you and me. We have to be willing, guys, to suffer. We have to be willing to sacrifice, to give of ourselves, to get closer to God. Jen, if you wanted to come on back up. I'm not going to be very long here. John says this, Jesus made a whip from some ropes. He chased them out of the temple. He drove out the sheep. He scattered uh, the cattle, scattered the money changers and the coins over the floor. He turned the tables over, then going over to the people who sold the doves, he told them to get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into the marketplace. Then his disciples remembered the prophecy from the scriptures, passion for God's house will consume me. God, God, Jesus had passion for his father's house, that he didn't want to see things become routine, things become just a religious ceremony. He wanted to get those things out of God's house, guys. We have to have passion for God's house. Jesus called him in verse verse 15. He says this, he chased them out of the temple. He drove the sheep and the cattle out. When was the last time, you guys, you looked into your temple, you looked in and seen if there's some things in your life that you need to get rid of, that you need to drive out, that's keeping you from that place uh, of just relationship with the Lord, it's putting you in that place where things are common, that it becomes just a routine of coming to church. When have you looked into your life and said, I need to get rid of these things, God, in my life. They're holding me back from getting where I want to get with you. And it says, Jesus scattered the money across the floor and he overturned the tables. He turned down the things, guys. He turned them over that had value, that had like uh, material value in their life and the things that were holding them up, he turned them over. Guys, we need to turn some things over in our life that that we put value on, that we, we place value on more than we do the things of God. And then verse 16, he tells them to get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Stop making it common, guys. Don't make your relationship, your life common with the things of this world, guys. That's why so many people don't get anywhere with God. It's because they make their relationship as common as fast food with the Lord. The Lord's not common. There needs to be a place of reverence in this house where we recognize God is God and we don't make him common with the things of the world. You know, you want to have coffee, have it in the coffee shop. You want to eat a donut, eat it outside. But this is not a drive through When we come here, this needs to be a place of reverence for who God is. See, there's churches nowadays you can go to and you can order a pizza. And they'll deliver it to you right in the sanctuary. And they take, they take this, to me, to me, guys, it's taking the reverence out of who God is. We try to make God common. And God's not common. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. 
God's not common. We have to have a passion for God. If we want to experience God and we just don't want to be routine when we come to church, guys. I can't let my relationship with Christ become common. I have to go after God with all my heart. You have to go after God with all your heart if you want more than a common relationship, routine. Church, let me tell you this. Responsibilities will change your routine. When you know God's put something in your care, when he's given you anointing, when he's given you a calling, when he's called you to preach, when he's called you to minister, when he's called you to touch people's lives, and we've all been called to touch people's lives, it will change your routine, guys. It will motivate you not to have a casual relationship, a stagnant relationship. It will motivate you, guys. Colossians 1 and 25 says this, God has given me the responsibility of serving by proclaiming his message to everyone. And then Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts and call of God is without repentance, guys. It means that they're irrevocable. God's called you. He's placed some things in your life and he's never going to repent of it. And it's up to you and me. It's our job. It's our responsibility, guys, to get at that altar, to repair the altars in our life, to get some things out of our life so we can know God, his plan, his purpose for our life, that we can grow closer to him. That we have passion for God, guys. Church, we, it's got to be more than routine than coming to church We have to rebuild the altars in our life. We have to make those sacrifices, make that prayer time, guys. Have passion for God so we can see his purpose fulfilled in our life one day, guys. And that's reaching the goal, reaching the prize, pressing on. That one day when we stand before the Lord, we'll hear him say those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So if you're here this morning, guys, and you found yourself living a casual relationship with the Lord, it's routine, there's no passion in it, it's coming and it's just showing up. God's got more than that for you. He desires to speak your name. He desires you to hear his voice when he calls because he loves you and he invested everything he's got into you. He gave his life for you. You were more than a routine for Christ. He loves you so, guys. And if you're here today and you need prayer, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that, Lord, if there's anything in your life, Lord, if there's anything in my life that I need to get rid of, that I need to throw it at the altar, if I need to repair the altar of my life, Lord, I'm here and I want to do it, Lord, because I want more than a casual relationship with you. I want to pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, I'm going to have the prayer team come up and we're going to pray with you guys. And if not, guys, these altars are open. You don't have to have anybody pray for you. Just come rebuild your altar.